morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you so much, uh, listeners, for joining me for another interview episode. Today, I have the very talented Nathan Fadre. Uh, how you doing today? Good, good. How you doing? And you pronounced it perfectly. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I am excited to actually uh, chat with you. Um, you. You have a pretty awesome resume uh, from what I saw on your IMDb, so I have a couple of questions for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's jump in. Let's dig into it. But first, I always like to uh, start things uh, pretty, uh, you know, uh, casual here. So um, given that we are talking about a horror movie here, uh, perfect horror scenario. Uh, would you rather be uh, sci-fi, you know, like alien invasion? Uh, would you rather do something paranormal, like in your real life? Like what, what do you think the chances of you surviving are? Or maybe like a zombie apocalypse, which situation or scenario would you rather be stuck in? Would I rather be stuck in? Okay. Yes. Um, I think alien invasion, uh, just because that that sounds like the most interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a plan for the zombie apocalypse. That That's in place. The supernatural, which is the, the funny thing is, is as much as I right and i do horror movies and you know ghost stories and supernatural stuff uh actual ghosts and that kind of thing scare the bejesus out of me like i i'm a big old frady cat when it comes to that like i can't i can't sleep with my closet door open i i have to <laughs> if it's open just a crack i have to get out of bed and go and close it because i'm i'm like yep nope because i just know that i'm gonna look <laughs> and see something peeking at me you know <laughs> always making sure that your feet don't hang off the bed or anything like Absolutely. that <laughs> Absolutely. so uh something that did really uh catch my interest here is that um you were in a short um you know and it was uh, the purple man Kilgrave. so how did that come about um that that came about i was uh i'd, I'd been doing a some some shooting with uh Chris Steinberger, who is based out of Syracuse, and that's where I was living at the time. Um, and Chris actually ended up being the cinematographer on Site 13. Um, but so I worked with him on his first feature and uh, we became friends and we were just, you know, shooting around different ideas. And um, I don't know, I had this harebrained idea. They were they were getting ready to start casting uh, the Jessica Jones show when it was going on Netflix. And um, I loved that comic series. And I, I just, I thought Kilgrave was an awesome character. And there was a couple of, there was a couple of shot, shots from the actual, um, from the Alias comic book that Kilgrave looked a lot like me in these shots. And I was like, oh man, I would love to play that character. Um, so I, yeah, so I went to Chris and I said, hey, I've got this idea. Um, I'm thinking that it would just like literally be, you know, I wrote it, you know, two guys standing there talking. That was it. And he, he was like, Oh no, 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 let's do this. And let's do that. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden it was a short film. You know, I was kind of going for like an, a really good audition tape. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, Nope, we're doing it as a short film. So uh, yeah. So, so we, we <laughs> and uh, put it out there. I did not get an audition for Kilgrave, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I lost out to David Tennant. So really, if you're going <laughs> to lose out to anyone out, you know, losing out to Doctor Who is, you know. Right. 
it's okay. You know, I, 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 I could live with that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how would you say uh, you played him differently from what we saw from Tenant? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. One of the things that, that I get in, in a lot of, I get sort of typecast is it's like, I get the, the douchebag part, you know, <laughs> really good for some reason at, at, at playing that smarmy kind of sleazy quality. Um, and I think that that was the, you know, a little bit more sarcastic, a little bit more predatory um, and bordering on not comedic because that's too much, but, you know, definitely having a little bit of a sense of humor. Cause I always thought saw Kilgrave as having that sense of humor of like, really enjoying the fact that he can uh you know that he can do this kind of thing that if if you could control anyone and get them to do whatever you want um you know just like that casual boredom of like oh do this do this dance yeah. dance you know um and so like that was the the thing that i i thought i brought to the character nice and uh jackie and i are big fans fans of the marvel and dc universe so you know just had to you know bring that up and ask you really quickly awesome. <laughs> oh no, no 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 i'm i'm a huge comic book nerd and and like that is one of obviously the goals in in my career is is to get to write direct act any of any of the superheroes who uh what are you currently reading if you're reading any uh any comics at the moment um i've been reading a lot of independent stuff so i i've been reading a lot of yes. opinion <laughs> Um, his uh, some, uh, Something's Killing the Children. I just read the most recent trade paperback of that. Um, and uh, The Department of Truth. The Department of Truth is like one of my favorite new comic books. It is such... Uh, 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 it, it just messes with your mind <laughs> so much. I was trying to think of a way to say that that didn't have the FM. Uh, you know, just just like it's a really gets really into that mythology of conspiracy theories and how they, you know, how they really mess with our our, our minds. It's really good. <laughs> and uh, given that you have written a couple of screenplays, have mm -hmm. you ever considered writing maybe like a independent comic book before? Oh, yeah, 100 um, percent. I'm actually working with uh, on a project for um with a, another director, we're working on an animated series with Larry Hama, mm -hmm. uh, the creator of G.I. Joe. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy who wrote all of the G.I. Joe comic books. Um, so so that's pretty cool. Uh, so I got to do some writing with him. Um, but yeah, yeah, that would obviously be 100 percent a dream. <laughs> yeah. And um, OK, so I know you said, uh, you know, your dream would be write, direct or act in a superhero uh, movie. Would you be OK with maybe voicing for a superhero? And if so, who? Oh, cool. Um, like doing the voice, you know, I would love because like the the I, I always tend to sort of tend to go for a lot of the darker characters and everything like that. And, and I love all of the, the midnight suns characters. So ghost rider, uh, that would be, I would love <laughs> the voice ghost rider. Like that would be so cool. And I specifically, I'm a Danny catch ghost rider guy. Like that was my, my yeah. guy. <laughs> um, you know, don't get me wrong. I like Johnny blaze and everything like that, but, but 
Danny Ketch just sort of, that was when I was really getting into comics was, uh, was during the Danny Ketch. And so, so I would want to do a Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. Nice. And um, like, if you were to voice someone, honestly, just cause uh, you said, you know, you're kind of witty, sarcastic, you kind of strike me as a Wally West as well. Oh, I would love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, his run with uh, uh, Mark Wade writing. Yes. Oh, he is phenomenal. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, I was like, when they brought Barry Allen back, I was like, no, Wally West is the flash, you know? <laughs> so I, I, yes, yes. That run in particular, that would be just love to play that character. Absolutely. And with, um, before we really start diving deep, uh, I guess I'll start off with a kind of deepish question. But what I want to know is uh, why with uh, doing so many independent films, um, why do you think they kind of get just brushed off to the side compared to, you know, big bro- uh, budget productions? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it is is that, you know, people just don't hear about it. Uh, you know, and with a lot of indie movies, they just don't have... Um, they don't have the 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 money to advertise it uh to get it out there um but i think then also um you know some of them some indie movies are are a little more challenging and are not going to be uh your your wide ranging for your for your wide ranging taste you know like your in your big blockbusters have to appeal to the four quadrants you know of people who are who are going to spend their money and and like I think independent films and the, the the great thing about them is that they're not made for everybody, you know, and mm-hmm. they are made for niche audiences. And um, and that, yeah, and I, I think that that that's, you know, but then every now and then you do get like that crossover of like everything everywhere all at once there. Yeah. That film, and um, and it's, you know pushed the envelope and I think it just hit when people were ready for ready for 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 ideas to uh to to change I think that that we're we're seeing that a lot actually with the drop-off and a lot of the blockbusters that have come out this year mm-hmm. uh in the past year or two is that that they have been watered down so much um and tried to be for everybody and when you're trying to be for everybody, you know, nobody gets really particularly interested. Um, but when you get to, uh, you know, actually say something and have a point of view, it might be a little dangerous, but it also, you know, becomes something that that people can then take personally. Yeah. Good, good or bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, what honestly should have kicked off the trend for uh indie films uh should have been saw because saw one and two were independent movies and you know those took off spawned so many sequels paranormal activity same thing yeah that was that paranormal activity was a huge inspiration for for this the for site 13 um just you know in that that idealistic dream idea of like oh we're just gonna get together and make a movie I hope there is a, a franchise of, you know, site 14, site 15, site 16, you know, sure. Absolutely. I'll sign the rights away. Um, <laughs> yeah, that will be true, but I, you know, I'm just happy to have this one finished. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> besides uh, marketing being an issue for an uh, independent film, uh, what other challenges um, did you face, you know, or do you face come uh, working on independent projects? Well, I mean, uh, 
you know, like when you have to see, like Hollywood has an engine in place to build these things, to be making these movies. Um, and the thing is, is, I don't know, for me, I had to start from the ground up with what we had, you know, um, and because, you know, I, I, I always say, especially with like with this one, um, I didn't really, I'd done a short film before. Mm -hmm. uh, so I figured I could direct a feature. Um, and I've been on plenty of sets as an actor, but to actually, you know, direct a feature, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, um, which is great in one way, because it's, it, it always goes back to that, that whole, that old wives tale about, you know, a, a bumblebee is aer aerodynamically should not be able to fly, but the bumblebee <laughs> know that, um, and so, like, it's the same thing with me. It was, <laughs> I, I, I should not be able to make a feature film, but I didn't know that. So I just went ahead and started doing it. Uh, and then as you go along, there are any number of reasons uh, why you could or should quit. Um, and I apparently am not smart enough to follow those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, you know, making movies is hard it's really hard and it, it, it's, it's a long distance race, you know, it's not a sprint. Um, and, and that's the thing is I think a lot of people, I, I, one of the things that as an actor, you know, I'd been in a bunch of independent films and what had happened is, you know, you, you make, you shoot the movie and then it gets edited and either it just, you know, goes to a couple film festivals or plays at one little thing and then, and then you're done. And then it never goes anywhere else. And, you know, that that was one of the things that I wanted to make sure that that we kept going until something happened. And um, and and that's that's really hard. You're exhausted by your, you know, when we finished editing this movie, I was like, I'm done. I don't ever want to see this. Um <laughs> But now I've got another two years of, of of talking about it for film festivals, and then we get distribution. I'm like, great, I'm done. And I'm like, no, now we're talking about it, you know, to get it out there. Um, and and of course, you know, this is uh, uh, just just North America is what is being just released right now, so it's a slow release there. So we'll be probably be talking about this for another year or so. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're doing this uh, word of mouth and hopefully, you know, this gets a lot of traction for you because I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Oh, awesome. However, one of the biggest questions is uh, 17 years in the making. Is that uh, just to give it, you know, that authentic feel that it was shot over like 17 years since there was a lot of, um, you know, time hops or, you know, um, or did it really take 17 years because of other you know, restraints or some challenges that came up. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, we were not working on it for 17 years straight. Um, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, how it happened was the, uh, I initially, I'd worked with uh, Tony Urban, who uh, was the, uh, had conceived and directed the, the first part, the found footage aspect of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd worked with him on a couple of indie movies, uh, including the masterpiece Cottontail, where I played a genetically altered rabbit man monstrosity. <laughs> um, and it's as brilliant as you can imagine a killer Easter bunny movie to be. Um, 
anyway, so we'd worked on a couple films and he, he was like, I've got this, I want to do a found footage film. And so we went back and forth coming up with ideas. He had an outline. Um, I worked on my character and we came together and we shot this. And then um, a few months later, maybe a year later, Tony decided to retire from filmmaking. Uh, and he was like, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm out. Uh, and he went on, he became a, you know, he's, he's a really incredible novelist. Now he's got a bunch of books out, uh, beautiful photographer. Yeah. Look up Tony Urban on Amazon. Like the, he's got like 10 more than that. I'm sure books, uh, they're, they're, and they're really good. Uh, (laughs) Anywho, but yeah, so, so he retired. So, uh, you know, we all, like I, I was friends with the other actors and every now and then we talk about, oh man, site 13, you know, that was, there was some interesting stuff in there. And uh, I just kept thinking about it. And about 10 years later was when I came up with the idea of, I can shoot a present day portion and mm. use the old footage as flashback material. Okay. Yeah. And so I got in touch with Tony and I said, hey, here's my idea. He was like, great. I think I have the footage somewhere on a hard drive in the attic. Um, so he went and found it and, uh, we, um, you know, we kept going from there. I, I wrote the script while he was looking for it and based off of what I could remember of acting on it, you know, 10 years ago. And so, yeah, so, so it was a 10 years in between, it was 2003. So I actually was a little over 10 years. Uh, 2003 was when we shot the original thing about 10 or so years later i decided we're gonna go ahead and shoot this we shot it in 2016 uh and then from 2016 to 2020 was when we were editing it um and it took that long because because you know we i didn't have a huge budget and Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's this thing in, in independent filmmaking that they, they talk about this triangle mm-hmm. that you can have it either good, you can have it fast, or you can have it cheap. And you only get to pick two of them. Ugh. You can have good and fast, but it's not going to be cheap. Or you can have uh, good and cheap, but it's not going to be fast. And so that was what I ended up going with was good and cheap. Uh, so it took forever to actually make it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was probably the better route though. <laughs> No, I mean, that's the thing is, is that, uh, uh, you know, having that amount of time, that was when my editor, uh, this brilliant editor, he's an independent filmmaker in his own right, Alan Roe Kelly, uh, he did the Bloodshed, Tales of Poe, um, and he, he kept telling me, we are not in a rush here, this is not, nobody's waiting on this movie, let's get it done right. And, um, so yeah, so, so we took our time with it, uh, even though like there were some days that I was like, oh my God, I don't want to ever see this movie again, <laughs> you know, but, but we kept coming back to it and kept working. You, and you know, again, um, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, one, <laughs> one thing I will say is, um, the quality was just so crisp. Uh, even the found footage didn't look, it, it did look grainy, uh, you know, to give it that authentic, you know, videotape feel, but present day, that was top quality with the whole camera and recording and it looked amazing. Oh, so, 
Yeah, that's something I really did appreciate. <laughs> that, that, that's all Chris Steinberger. He he's an amazing cinematographer, and uh, um, and we we did not have a lot of time to set up those shots either. So it was he was constantly mad at me through the entire thing because I was like, <laughs> go, we gotta go, we gotta go because we had we we shot all of the present day sh- stuff in uh, in one week. Um, so a week, a week, one week. Um, yeah, I I, I did not sleep wow. much. <laughs> uh but we were running the entire time and and luckily he once we sort of figured out what the space was mm-hmm. and um you know i i ended up you know i'm an actor by you know initially so i basically said this is the kind of shot that i want he said this is the kind of shot i can give you i said do that <laughs> i'm gonna go talk to the actors and when i'm done with the actors we're gonna have to go and uh, so he came up with, you know, how to do it and how to do it fast first. That was like one of our things. And yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that, that, that people are reacting well to how it looks because I was really proud of him. And, and I think he's he's really good at what he does and um, and especially how fast he does. So that's that's just like the amazing thing. It, it really shows, you know, that he's talented yeah. in this a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's the same one who shot uh, Kilgrave. Oh well, okay. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, the other thing too that I want to know, uh, which again was a lot of fun for me, is uh, with these found footage movies or with horror movies in particular, you don't see a lot going on during the daytime. Yes. So was that um, since you did co-direct this? Was that a, a you know a direct you know, a direct, I don't even know how to say it, but <laughs> something that you wanted to do to kind of uh, set yourself apart from other horror movies? Um, Honestly, it wasn't a thing that I really thought of. I mean, now that you pointed out, I'm like, oh yeah, like the bulk of the movie takes place during the day. Um, I, I, I don't know that if I had thought that through that I would have done that because that's an extra challenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did like that idea of... Um, you know, they, I knew I knew right away that it was not going to be a, you know, a jump scare Friday the 13th type of movie uh, where people are like constantly jumping. I knew that it was going to be a dread movie. Um, and like my the template that I followed basically was uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. That was my that I mean, when I when I was writing the script, I, I was listening to that soundtrack that it um, and like half of that movie is takes place during the day you know as they're getting and those images of like the the eclipse up in the sky and that dread that's constantly building that's the kind of thing that i i wanted um what is to build that sense of it and uh um yeah that and and like half of the old footage takes place at night also so you know we had to have a counterpoint to that as well just really really go okay this is old this is new yeah, makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, with it being uh, Lovecraftian uh, inspired and surprised, you didn't do the typical Cthulhu. So, you know, hats off to you since you. that was different, too. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a blatant ripoff, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, let's just do something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, getting a little bit off track here, but also uh, chatting with you a little bit more, you would also do a really good Dead Man. Oh, dude. 
<laughs> oh my God. I would love to like write and direct a dead man movie. That would be, but, but, oh my God. Yeah. To be able to do the voice of dead man. Yeah. Yes. That would be right. good call. Good call. I mean, uh, we are going through a writer's strike and an actor strike. Maybe you can write up a comic for dead man too. Who knows? Get your voice out there. <laughs> the other one that, that I, I wrote another short, like fan film kind of thing was for, uh, Jason Blood Atrogan, the Ooh. Demon. like that would be so much fun to do. Oh, <laughs> and the one I had the little short film that I wrote had Tracy 13 in it, also teaming up with him. So, uh, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to do that. Like the whole, the whole Justice League dark that they were talking about for yeah. with like Guillermo del Toro. I was like, Oh, I, I was for it. <laughs> and then we got the animated movies uh, instead. But they're so great. They're phenomenal. Absolutely. But it's not a Guillermo del Toro just right. like that. I was like, uh, somewhere there's an alternate universe that has that movie. And those people are probably very happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've gotten a couple of awards uh, throughout your career. Um, so do you, uh, do you have high hopes that this one will get any, any awards once it premieres? I, to be perfectly honest, no, um, I don't, <laughs> I, I like, I have, I have dreams, you know, it's like, uh, uh, my, my goal, I've always said that my goal in life is not to, I don't, I don't really care whether I win an Oscar or an Academy Award or something like that. I want to win a Fangoria Chainsaw Award, um, like that's that's my goal in life. and and a film that I co-wrote that, that came out last year, Wounded Fawn, actually got nominated for a Chainsaw Award. No way, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so close. Uh, I mean, we were nominated in the same category as Prey. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, they won, right? Um, but still, wow. I was in the same category as Prey and the new Hellraiser movie. I'm like. Okay, I, I it, this just means I got more work to do, which is good, but I'm on the right path. So yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's the goal. I I mean, if honestly, I'm just happy that Site 13 is coming out. You know, like <laughs> I, beyond that, you know, the the fact that people like actually the the reviews I've been seeing so far, and like from talking to you know other interviewers, people are like that they're into and digging the movie. I'm like. Because I, I, I was saying to one of the producers uh, when they cut this new trailer for um, for the movie, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't even know if it's scary anymore. Because I've I've <laughs> watched it so many times that I'm like, I think it's good. Um, so to see that people are responding to it, uh, you know, that's that's the goal for me. And. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, 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 <laughs> I thought you were going to cut me off. I, I stopped at AMD even though I had no idea what I was going to say after. <laughs> so, uh, with the trailer, I, I happened to get the, uh, the latest trailer. So the most recent one. Uh, with that one, actually, something I do appreciate is that it left it very vague. It kind of gave a couple of things of like what's going on. But it was still vague enough to like, okay, I'm interested. I want to invest my time in this. Unlike the big Hollywood productions that give everything away in the three minute trailer. Right, right, exactly. I'm like, why do I have to see the movie now? Right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I mean, 
Terror Films, who's doing our distribution, has done such an amazing job uh of, of putting putting like the, the the trailer together and uh and the, the cool new poster that they have is i love that poster too i was vehemently opposed when we were uh when al and i were putting together our original poster i was like i am not going to put my face on the poster because i don't want to be that guy um <laughs> when our film sent this one the the, the poster back the that that we have now uh with with my face on it with the octopus eyes I was like, oh, I'll let that slide. Okay, that looks <laughs> cool. So, okay. If people get the idea that I'm like some narcissistic ass who's just like, you know, look at me. I'm like, I got octopus eyes. I'm cool. Oh, far from it. I don't get that vibe from you at all. <laughs> <laughs> and as a, as a writer and a director, what has what have uh, what has been your biggest challenge, um, especially working with both in a movie like this as well? You know, I mean, uh, uh, directing it's it's the 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 long haul of it, and I'm assuming that that it's not going to be as long next time, hopefully. <laughs> um, but uh, but it is the the fact that it's a a marathon race. Like I, writing, I I'm, right now it's my current favorite thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, just because I can have an idea and uh, you know do my outline and stuff like that, do my research and um, and then jump into it. And uh, you know the only unfortunate thing is is that that's only the beginning of of the movie process. Um, you know, so. The directing, I mean, I, I I love that. I love being on set. I love it's so long and hard and constant. Um, but the moments where things go right is so worth it. Of like, okay, we've been working on this scene for days or hours <laughs> or whatever, and then all of a sudden something clicks, and you get that moment where you like jump out of your chair and you go, yeah, um, like that. <laughs> those are the reasons to make movies you know it's not making the movies for the people who are in the the audience or you know i'm like that's so abstract and so out there kind of thing um that it's 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 the making it for those moments and uh and the the cool thing was is when i when we finished the edit of the movie and we sat down and we watched the movie for the first time uh alan the editor producer turned to me and he said you just made someone's favorite movie and <laughs> that's awesome. like, not not everyone's favorite movie but someone someone there this is going to be their favorite movie and that for me was like oh wow because i have so many of those you know i have so many of those movies that really impacted me and continue to do so um so to have have the fact that that I've done that and that for one person out there maybe has 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 had some sort of impact on their life if nothing other than you know 87 minutes of of just just having fun um cool that's worth it awesome (laughs) and also um you know with uh film festivals uh, still being around, like, how do you pitch uh, in an independent movie, especially a horror movie, to uh, film festivals? And how do you know if it'll get picked up by an independent festival? What's that whole process? That whole process is uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 
there, there's this great website called Film Freeway, and, and most of the most of the the film festivals are on that. Okay. Uh, so really, what it is is just sort of putting together, you know, what is the story of the movie. You know, that's where I have to think like a marketing person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I have to think of like, how, why is it that people are going to give a crap about this? Um, or why should they? Um, and so, so you put together your materials, you know, you cut together your trailer, your poster, your, your, uh, uh, your press releases, all of that. Um, and uh, the, the funny thing was with this one, um, we applied to a lot of, a lot, I mean, a lot of festivals. Uh, so that helps too. Just like the shotgun method of just like, oh, okay, yeah. a festival, here you go. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing that I found um, was that we, we applied to a lot of the big horror festivals because I was like, we're going here. I want to I want to be in this festival. I want to be in this one. I want to be in this one. And they all turned us down. And it was more of the independent films, film festivals, the non-horror film festivals that took us. Uh, and that's where we won a lot of our awards was at non-horror film festivals at more of like independent. Um, and so that's the, the, that was the big lesson for me was that to maybe think outside the box of what I thought the movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, because if independent audiences were enjoying it, um, they, you know, I don't know, you know, it's like, like Montreal, we won best horror film, you know, London, new wave. We won best horror Italy. We won. Uh, I'm, I'm just like, well, these are these are not horror film festivals, but it's playing so great. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Also, uh, went on your website and it said that you did uh, some Shakespearean stuff. So, can you uh, go into that a little bit for us too? Uh, I mean, I've done you know Shakespeare since college. Uh, you know, I, I was a theater major, um, and uh, were you asking me to actually do Shakespeare? Uh, no, no, no. window breaks it is the east and juliet fun, you know okay uh <laughs> i i i'd done shakespeare uh taken a lot of shakespeare classes in college um and then did did a couple shows and um i don't know i always i always like shakespeare i uh you know i think a lot of people um are are put off from shakespeare for the wrong reasons uh, because like Shakespeare is pop culture of his time. Yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare is writing. Shakespeare was like the Michael Bay of his time period. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean he, yeah. Okay. Maybe Michael Bay is a little bit of a stretch, but, but he was, he was that, you know, he was that popular populist entertainment. And yes, the language is incredibly beautiful. And yes, all of, you know, the, the, the artistic things about Shakespeare are there, but like, once you get past that, like there's some just good drama there. It's good theater, you know, it's good. It's, it's not even like the, the, oh, it's art, it's Shakespeare, you know, like just be real with it. And there's some really real, horrific you know if you're the horror fan if you're action fan like there's you know there's henry that uh if you're you're horror there's Macbeth. you know he covers all the things and 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 does it artfully and uh yeah so i've always been a fan and like i actually like my one of my inspirations for doing site 13 was because i was doing Macbeth. um right before yeah and i was i was like okay 
I'm getting to play the role that all actors, all male actors, all, all actors aspire to is to play Macbeth. And uh, they have this thing, actors have this thing where we call post-show depression, um, where yeah. when you finish a show, you know, you've been working so hard and then you finish the show and then you just go into a crushing depression for two weeks because you're not doing anything now. Um, and I knew coming off of doing Macbeth, I'm like, I'm going to go into one hell of a post-show depression. <laughs> I don't have something to do. Um, so luckily I came up with this idea and uh, yeah, the, the interest Katie uh, who plays Catherine in the movie actually was my lady Macbeth. So oh, she, whoa. Yeah, she was in the play with me. That's awesome. <laughs> Wrapping up the show. I was like, I kind of wrote a part for a movie. If you would maybe, and she was like, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> so we always I love it. Back to Shakespeare. <laughs> that is awesome. Right? And um, since you are mainly an actor, um, mm-hmm. you know, now diving into writer uh, writing, I should yep. say, um, have you done like community theater, like professional theater? Was Macbeth, you know, a community or was that professional theater where you actually got paid? No, that was that was community. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's uh... <laughs> I have not I have not gotten paid to to do Shakespeare. Uh, no, I have. But not, you know, it's been it's been a while. Um, yeah. So like I haven't I I moved back to New York City uh shortly after we started or shortly after we filmed site 13 so in 2016 um and being you know being an actor in central new york is one thing where you get to do you know Macbeth and stuff like that and then you go to new york city and then you get to you know have a couple lines on law and order um so <laughs> cool but like it's harder it's harder uh so that's that's one of the reasons that i was really like I want to do a movie. I want to, I want to write. I want to direct. Like I love acting, but, but like the more I've broke, uh, branched out into this stuff, the more, you know, if I get stuck as, as being known as a writer or as a director, I'm okay with that. You know? <laughs> hey, you know, you're humble and you branched out. That's, you know, that's awesome though. I, I will just, say that. <laughs> you got to keep, you know, exploring options kind of thing and, and figuring out, you know, okay, well, this is cool. Let's do this for a while. You know, I mean, like that was, <laughs> when I was uh, during the whole pandemic and we were all in the lockdown, um, you know, I was I was all by myself in my apartment in the city. And I was just like, look, you've always wanted to have more time to write. So guess what? You got the time <laughs> to it. Um, so I ended up writing eight movies, you know, while we were locked up. Um, and wow. yeah, so, so it was just like, oh, OK, well, I mean, this is what I can do now. And, and that's that's what I'm, you know, trying to keep doing as we go forward is just going, well, this is what I can do right now to keep moving forward. You know, I'm trying to think of right now, like <laughs> all the strikes going on. I'm like, well, what can I do right now? Um, I haven't figured that out yet, but luckily I've got this to, you know, talk about with people. So do another podcast. <laughs> I, know, right? I, was, I honestly was thinking about that today. I was like, can I do a podcast? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Which leads me to my next question. Um, so you were a part of the the Pachi uh, Audio Chronicles. Pachi. Uh, yeah. So um, when it comes to starring in, in a audio podcast, how do you take direction? Uh, how does your director work with you? And how does that all come to life? 
Well, what we do generally is um, uh, we usually do a um, like a Zoom table read. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we do the Zoom table read with everybody, uh, that's when the director goes, okay, think about it more like this or more like this or more like this. Um, with these guys, I, I have been working with them off and on for years. Um, the very first movie, independent movie I ever did uh, was with these guys that this movie called The Potchkey Chronicles. And um, nothing ever happened with it. And uh, they, you know, a few years ago, they, they were like, oh, we're going to do it as a podcast. So I already knew what the character was. So the thing is, is like, they don't have to, as far as direction for me, like have to give me a lot of direction. Cause I know, I know what my character is. I've been doing it. For <laughs> uh, so generally we show up, do the, do the table read and uh, you know, get an idea of what it is. And then I go into my recording booth, which is inside my closet. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I live in a one-bedroom apartment, so you, you do what you got, you know, in New York. It's like pull all the dirty laundry out and go in underneath the clothes and sit there with a the microphone and record line by line, <laughs> send it to them, and they edit it all together. Hey, you already have a voice acting studio in your room. A lot of people did that during the pandemic, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you're in New York, you uh, definitely should look. Um, I'll send in the chat right now, uh, but it's uh, four kids. Uh, they are in New York and uh, they do a lot of voice acting stuff, uh, typically anime, but they're always looking for new voices. So I I, I did uh, I did some anime voiceover stuff back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I, I love that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then I always like to um, end things on a high note, positive note. Okay. Uh, so if you could give your younger self any piece of advice that you know now, what would that advice be? Wow. I think I would have to sit myself down and have a big, long talk. Advice. <laughs> 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 uh, um I think that the, the biggest thing that, that I would say is, is that, um, that nobody's got it figured out, you know, and that, that's the thing is that, that I spent so much of my life looking around and thinking that everybody else knew what they were doing and that it was just me that didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the further I've gone along, the more I've realized that, that, that nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out as we go along. And, and that like the goal is to get in with people who are trying to figure it out the same way um, or headed in the same direction, at least. And I think that that's, that's like, as an artist, as a creator, like that's the kind of thing you want to do, you know, is yeah. it is about creating the, the, the works, but it's also about being a part of something um, and creating, creating stuff with people who you like. You know, it's like I, I knew that like a long time ago, I would always think, oh, yeah, Hollywood, it's all about connections and everything like that. And, th and that's true. But the connections are friendships, you know, and that's yeah. what I always didn't understand. I thought it was like, oh, I meet someone and it's what I can get from them and not realizing that, oh, you know what? Making a movie is really hard. Why don't I do that with my friends who's got my back? You right. Know? 
and, and who are all working towards the same thing and, and who are, we're all just trying to figure it out as we go along. And we don't have to have the answers right away. You know, we don't have to going into a movie. You don't have to know how to make a movie to make a movie. Just start making a movie. It may not be good at first and it may take you six years to edit because of that, you know, yes, but you know, do it. Why not? <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. I love it. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I would also always like to close out with, um, so any projects, any social handles uh, that you can, with, I guess at this point, NDAs don't really matter since the strike is going on, but anything you can talk about that you would like to plug in? Uh, let me see. A Wounded Fawn is out on Shutter now. It uh, it came out last uh, December. Um, was on like a bunch of people's top ten lists. Was nominated for a Chainsaw Award. Um, let me see what else. I've got a couple a couple movies that are in development right now. One of them should be shooting in the fall called Penitent, another horror movie. Um, and I, you know, hopefully I've got a script that I'm working on putting together financing for now for my next uh my next directorial effort so uh, nice. yeah yeah still still keeping busy <laughs> any any socials social uh i usually like instagram is probably where i'm most active uh so that's uh at danger yak that's the uh production company is danger yak i did that retroactively because danger yak was just something <laughs> that i was screwing around with years ago and so <laughs> everything was danger yak and then uh Finally, when I was doing this, I was like, oh, if I call it Danger Yak Creations as my production company, then all of my socials all match that. So. <laughs> all right. And um, I will definitely give you a follow after this interview. Awesome. Love supporting. And then uh, Site 13 um, releases on July 28th. Yep. Any Anything else? A uh, quick little short rundowns and that you can give out? Um, I just, just, just that people, you know, like give it a shot, you know, it's, it, I, I, I've been like, um, that, that, that really a 24 movie, uh, talk to me comes out the same weekend and Ooh. like, I'm going to be first in line for that, but I was, <laughs> you know, if you want to do a double feature, do talk to me and then site 13, that's a great way to spend the day. I mean, people are doing a double feature with uh Barbenheimer this weekend, right? so right. <laughs> Like talk to thirteen, talk to something, whatever. We'll come up with a better title for later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you can find interviews like this one and other interviews um, at our website at geek-network.com. Our socials all across the board are at Geeks AZ on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, YouTube, and Blue Sky Geek Network on Facebook. Uh, Nathan, it was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun talking to you. Thank yeah. you so much for taking time out of your day and doing this with us. I appreciate it. Awesome. I'm 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 always happy to talk about, you know, all kinds of genre stuff. I'm glad we got to talk about comic books and stuff too. So same here. That made my day. You have awesome. no idea. That made my day. <laughs> I've been talking about horror movies with all the interviews for so long that I'm oh, we can talk about comics. Yeah. This is one thing we truly understand and get here. It's comics. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs>